0: What's up, party people? Welcome to Ditch the Ick, a podcast all about navigating dating, career, and honestly life in general as a millennial. I'm your host, Katie Carson, 30 something avid dater and entrepreneur. Y'all, the reels from this episode are going to be bananas because I went to bed with a wet head and I was moving, so it's pure chaos behind me. So when you see the reels, don't be surprised, but this is real life. We just want to reflect life as it really is. And I'm recording this on Valentine's Day. And I have a cold yet again, so I'm going to sound like a baby. But I really want to talk about learned loneliness and making friends in your 30s and 40s. We all know that making friendships in your 30s is hard as fuck. But it's actually been like, it was hard to talk about before. But it's been taken to the next level and exacerbated by the panorama because... The pandemic caused us to isolate ourselves for so fucking long. It created a loneliness habit. I read an article that I'll link to in the show notes from The Atlantic that said, for those fortunate enough not to lose a loved one during the pandemic, the major trauma COVID-19 created was loneliness. The article was really good. And again, linking it in the show notes, because I am not an expert on the statistics, but I wanted to have some statistics for you guys. So, In times of crisis in the past, he talks about how during World War II, with the blitzes and things like that, communities were able to come together and navigate those traumas collectively as a shared experience. But instead of coming together, the pandemic isolated all of us. And there's evidence coming out and a lot of reports and studies that say we are in the midst of a long-term crisis of habitual loneliness. Because we were forced into isolation. There were many of us whose relationships, friendships, like any type of interpersonal relationship were severed, at least physically, but never reestablished. And many people are still navigating life alone as if we are still in isolation, as if we are still in quarantine without the company of friends and family members or whoever to help rebuild their life. And so I really want to document kind of how it impacts all of us, especially those of us who are single and living alone. The article says there's an Institute for Family Studies that has done some research and found that in America, rates of unhappiness rose from before the pandemic, after the worst day originally. So the first part is 2012 to 2020, and then after the worst days would be 2021. However, of the people they studied, there are two groups that saw the unhappiness rate rise more significantly than others. Those who did not regularly attend religious service, which you know I'm not trying to tell you to do. I'm not trying to tell you to go to church. I will tell you to go to therapy. It should be the subtitle of this podcast. (laughs) But as those who did not regularly attend the religious service and single people... Why? Because people in these groups have less automatically programmed habitual social interaction than others. So if you think about it, one of the reasons why attending religious service probably helped is because for the most part, it's a weekly routine. You have a set day and time that is built into your life to interact and socialize with people. You know you already have at least one foundational thing in common, your core spiritual beliefs. For some people, it's more than others, but for the most part, it's the only built-in community that most of us know. But there are some alternatives, and we will dive into that later. But I wanted to talk about some of the things that are contributing to our loneliness habit and some of the ways that we can navigate that. So one of the things that is contributing to this is remote work. So as you all know, I've been remote since the panorama, and I could not be happier with that because... It's allowed me to move to the mountains where I've always wanted to live. And if we hadn't gone remote, I wouldn't have been able to. It also allowed me to adopt a puppy after my older dog died at the beginning of the pandemic. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without being remote. And I wouldn't be anywhere without Archie, literally. <laughs> probably would not be here. Um, he's helped me navigate the learned loneliness and the trips to Sad Bitch Island. And honestly, if I had to go back into an office, God knows I would go kicking and screaming. But it would, would it be nice to maybe put on some real pants and interact with people on occasion? Sure. But on a weekly basis, not for me. Or a daily basis, hell no. Anyways, I like that I'm able to work from wherever, whenever I want. But according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the n- percentage of people working from home has more than tripled from 2019 to 2021. In 2020, you know, 59% of people who say their jobs can mainly be done from home are still working at home most or all of the time since 2020. Now, many are doing this by, by choice, like me, despite the fact that 60% say they feel less connected to their co-workers than they had before the pandemic. So there is something to be said about that. Again, I think that there it's a very personal thing. It varies person to person. I'm not trying to make any sweeping generalizations with stereotypes, but these are just the numbers that I've found, right? These are the numbers that researchers are finding. Are there maybe some hidden agendas behind the government putting these out here? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, capitalism. I am pro-remote work always and forever. Especially as an entrepreneur, I think that was a major contribution to... My big long trip to Sad Bitch Island when I launched this podcast. If you go back to thirty six flirty and flailing, I talk a lot about that. I was in a deep dark place, and I think part of that was because not only was I working remotely, but because I was working as a solo entrepreneur. I had very little interaction with people in the course of my day to day work. So there is something to be said of having something in your life to offset the lack of interaction and socialization that an office environment usually creates. In my 20s, some of my closest friends to this day are people that I met at jobs I had in my 20s. You know, we spent 40 hours a week with them. It was great. It created, you know, sometimes a shared trauma for us to bond over, but it gave us that common ground. Now that we're working remotely, even if you change jobs, it's much harder to have or create that level of intimate connection, because you're not spending 40 hours a week side by side with those people. So it's really important that you are intentional about making connections with coworkers or whoever in order to build those types of relationships. Sometimes it does happen. Actually, one of my best friends of all time now, I met at my last job, and we did not meet in person for the first two years. And to be honest, we probably wouldn't have anyways, because she was in a different office, in a different state. And before the pandemic, my role did not warrant traveling. But we built that relationship and that friendship naturally because we can both talk to a wall. I mean, honestly, so that probably contributed like not being in an office physically with people does have an effect of us, even if, on us, even if we do love the parks. The other thing that has really contributed to this loneliness epidemic is that many of us stopped prioritizing socializing for fun. So the Pew Research Center conducted a poll in May of 2022. And 21% of people said that socializing had become more important to them since the coronavirus outbreak. 35%, however, had said it becomes less important. So people deprioritized it. And it feels like it takes a lot more effort to create and plan social outings now than it did pre-pandemic. Because we have all gotten so used to and so comfortable staying in our homes and our PJs. And actually, research has shown that these loneliness habits that we've learned are things that likely inhibit our executive function, which is something we need in order to deal with our distress appropriately and honestly, in order to actually plan a fucking social outing. I mean, my executive function is haywire and it usually keeps me from doing you know, dishes and self-care things and taking care of myself, but socializing has never really been a huge issue. That's usually what I use to procrastinate. Anyways, tangent, I want you to think back on a time where you felt super lonely, you know, did you do what you really needed to do to fix that? Did you call people? Did you reach out to someone? Did you go outside? Did you do something to be social? Or did you even just go for a fucking, you know, hot, hot girl walk? Or did you curl up on the couch with wine and Netflix? Did you stay home and clean? Did you play video games at home by yourself? Did you download a dating app and just swipe and make yourself feel better and like you were doing something about your loneliness? When in fact, honestly, you probably weren't. Most people in a survey of American adults in 2022 said that they found it harder to form relationships now and over a quarter of them felt anxious about socializing, but that only 9% were worried about being physically near others. So it has nothing to do with, quarantine or social distancing biggest source of anxiety according to this poll was not knowing what to say or interact how to interact like we've we fucking forgotten how to deal with people and listen I'll be the first to say I don't want to deal with people most of the time I'm an extrovert I love talking to people but dealing with people is another thing <laughs> but we've forgotten how to people you know I know people are not as a, as outgoing as I am and, you know, as good as my trauma has made me be at being a chameleon in different settings and, you know, made me good for my job at the CIA, peopling has never actually been my favorite thing. The peopling has actually never been my strong suit. i I took some tests and according to those tests, I am actually really on the spectrum. <laughs> Just really good at masking. But we've forgotten how to be friends. You know, and TBH. I will always say something awkward. Always. I will likely lose control of the volume of my voice at a given, at any given point in time. At the Taylor Swift yoga class this past weekend, somebody complimented my shirt and I practically yelled at her across the class that I had a Netsy shop where she could get it. And I yelled at her about the podcast. Not intentionally, not like aggressively, like literally just lost control of the volume of my voice. So here's the deal clearly we're all in this situation. Okay. The statistics I've (laughs) shared with you literally shows that you're not the only one. So, you know, I I know it's easier said than done, especially depending on your personality type. Are you a perfectionist? Whatever. But if you just accept that at some point we're all going to say something fucking stupid, it's going to be a lot easier for you. And it's also actually going to give you some common ground with people. Again, the numbers show we've all forgotten how to do it. We've all forgotten how to people. We've all forgotten how to be friends or make friends. And here's here's why this is like a huge problem, a really big problem. Loneliness is self-perpetuating. Social isolation leads to behavior that leads to even more isolation. Like celestial isolation creates more social isolation. And if you've ever been thinking about remote work instead of in-person work for convenience, Choosing solitary activities over group ones because of awkwardness or trying to reestablish old friendships because it's just anxiety, you're probably stuck in this pattern, the self perpetuating, self isolation pattern. This is most Americans. It's not just single people, but it does take a heavier toll on single people. And I love what the author Arthur C. Brooks said in this article. There is no law of nature saying, That if you wait long enough, you'll be happy again. You must proactively manage your own environment. And I think that that is an excuse. Like, I'm going to make big moves. You know, the things we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? Like, yes, manifesting is great. Yes, putting things out into the universe is awesome. But there is work that you have to fucking do. And it is within. if it's within your control to change it and you don't, that's on you. And I know that it feels like it's just one more thing that we have to deal with, right? Like we have to, as single people, especially if you're a single person who lives alone, you have to do everything yourself. You have to deal with all your bills. You have to prep all your food. You have to do all the grocery shopping, all the cleaning, all the laundry. If you have a pet, you're the sole caretaker for them. If you own a home and shit goes wrong, God forbid. I get it, right? Totally get it. I mean, honestly, it's why I'm a renter. But I would argue that this is the biggest crisis for us as single people and one that needs to be prioritized and tackled in order to create a life that we love. I think that in order for everything else to feel like it's going well, we have to tackle this loneliness epidemic. And he makes this comparison in the article. It's like starting a new workout routine where a month and a half into the year, right? Like everybody's on there new year, new me, working out, doing the thing, we'll have a yes queen. But in the beginning, if you haven't worked out in five years, right? And you try to jump right in, start doing it up like CrossFit, like, whoa, whoa, Nellie, calm the fuck down. Okay. You're going to burn out. You're not going to succeed, right? You got to set some small goals and find incremental ways to build it into your lifestyle for it to be a long-term success. And even with that, your body and your mind are still going to bitch and moan, right? Like it's going to be like, oh, this hurts. And then we have to, oh, that's still terrible. There's so many other things that we can be doing with our time that are more comfortable like Netflix. But if you push through those complaints, you soon find that you can exercise easily because it's become a part of your routine. You find it's become automatic and because you feel how it improves your life and it is the same damn thing with socialization. Same thing. You've just got to start. So I want to talk about some ways that you can start to incorporate socialization into your routine without it feeling like it's taking over your entire world or feeling like this giant behemoth is in front of you that you have to tackle or... Like going from not working out to jumping right into CrossFit. And your body is just like one sore mess and you're <laughs> living on a leave, right? <laughs> so the first thing I want you to do is I want you to take a look at your life as it is right now. Okay. What are some things that you absolutely love day doing? And I'm not saying what are some things you enjoy because you've learned to enjoy them more than other things, like out of the loneliness, right? Like what are some things that you actually fucking enjoy doing? Like what are some things you miss doing? You you think to yourself, "Oh, I wish I could still do that." And are there ways that those things can actually lend themselves to creating connection? You know, I've talked a lot about dogs and the dog park and how that was something that I made a part of my daily routine. It was not for socialization originally, but it did scratch that itch, right? Like it was like it was for Archie's socialization. And for some reason that felt easier than being like, "Oh, Katie needs to make friends." so let's go to the dog park and talk to adults. It was easier for me to say, oh, Archie needs to be socialized. I need him to be able to get along with multiple types of dogs, and he has heard me say the P-A-R-K word so many times in a row that he is now sitting by the door. This is a problem. I probably should have thought this through before recording, but here we are but what happened there was at a bare minimum, right? Like even if I had never made a friend from that, I was having human social interaction on a near daily basis, bonding over something like our dogs. I didn't have to worry about coming up with things to talk about, right? Like we were all content to just sit there and watch our dogs play. And for the most part, what we talked about was what our dogs were doing or something stupid they had done or something cute that they had done or Like how they were happy at the park, you know, whatever. There was no need to come up with conversation. There wasn't that pressure because we were all content to just sit there on the bench and just watch our dogs. But if there was something worth talking about, we talked about it. And it really took a lot of the pressure off of socializing. And I think for me, it really got me back into the habit of being able to make conversation. Eventually, I did make some of my closest friends in the small town in Tennessee where I live from the dog park. Again, it took me to six months to learn their names, their human names. I only knew them, like I said, as I think in previous episodes by so-and-so's mom. And even when we exchanged numbers, that's how they were saved. But for whatever reason, it was like a really safe way and a really easy way for me to build that into my daily and weekly habit. You know, find something like that. Are there physical activities that you enjoy doing that you, or that you used to enjoy doing pre-pandemic that you haven't done? Like, yoga or Zumba or if you're one of those pickleball people. I, I honestly don't get it, but you know, whatever floats your boat. I'm not going to yuck your yum. These activities that lend themselves naturally to some form of socialization. And I'm not saying you have to go make friends with these people, but I am saying it is helpful that you want, like that you just get a chance to converse and get out of your house, especially if you're a remote worker. If you, and if you are 100% remote, so helpful. So helpful. And the thing is, there's already a built-in conversation topic. You don't have to worry about making conversation about anything else unless conversation naturally flows. But other than that, you know, you're talking pickleball or you're talking, you know, was that a, was that a good class? Like, oh my God, I wish she played this song or, oh my God, I love this song. Or if you love that vinyasa or whatever, there's a natural opportunity there. And I know it feels daunting And I'm not saying you go right in and start talking to people. We're starting small, right? But the more and more you see people like in a dog park on a regular basis, the more and more likely you are to build those relationships or like, you know, like what about a book club? Are you fucking reader? Do you like spicy smut? Like I do. I've actually found a really good community online, but there's a little Facebook group dedicated to the small town that I live in. And what? (laughs) first of all, the drama in this group is mm, chef's kiss. But somebody posted their, you know, Sarah J. Moss, who released House of Flame and Shadow last or last month. And, you know, it's they were like, is I'm going to read this. Does anybody else like these? Cause I would love to chat with somebody about these books. I'm new to the area. And I was like so grateful. So now we have our own little Facebook group. We have our own little messenger group. We're trying to make plans to meet up. I will admit, because of my move, not really involved in that as I would like. But It's something that is a really cool way to just meet up and talk about something you are interested in already. Something that is naturally built in. If you like trivia, are you a trivia person? I actually, that was one of the ways that I first took my dog park relationship out of the dog park was I started being like, Hey, you know what? The brewery here in town has trivia on Wednesdays and I'm wanting to go. I love trivia. You know, if anybody wants to join, come on, I'll be here at this time. Right? So it was no pressure they showed up if they could or if they wanted to and we ended up having a pretty solid crew for trivia on a weekly basis most of last summer and it was so much fun just so much fun and you know and because it was trivia there was very little time to converse outside of the question very little pressure to converse outside of the questions again it's one of those unique date activities you know you can turn those into friendship activities we talked about beer and battleships going to a museum Doing something that you enjoy, going to the bookstore, whatever. But you have to let go of your preconceived notions of what friendship looks like. It's going to be way different in your 30s and 40s, you know? And in your 20s, if you're, you know, the last single friend, you know, all your friends are married and like a lot of people you're meeting, maybe, maybe you're like, that's a very different dynamic than the place of life that I'm at. You know, and that kind of has contributed, I think, to our learned loneliness because with the pandemic, many of us have not learned how to adapt to this new way of friendship or, you know, being in different stages of life because some of our friends entered these different stages of life during the pandemic and we weren't together going through it. And it's the same thing with dating, right? It's way different now than it was in our 20s because in our early 20s, people are still getting our digits at the bar. We didn't have an app right? Online dating was just starting to become a thing. And even then it was trash. (laughs) It was garbage. But here's what I would ask you to do. You know, just looking at your geographical area, right? Let's say within an hour and a half, two hours, are there people in your life that you would consider maybe acquaintances or like tangential friends that you have some stuff in common with, but you haven't really explored if there's actual friendship potential or whatever. And instead of prioritizing another bummer date, right instead of prioritizing getting cuffed prioritize making some friends ask this person for a drink have them over for dinner i don't even know you know i've i've had a lot of people over for dinner it's great i've done a lot of that especially because you know i've had these meal kits which if anybody wants to sponsor me (laughs) your girl's open to it but i've had these meal kits as a single person that are usually meals for two because three meals for two can get me six dinners but sometimes I would have somebody over and they would bring some wine and I would cook dinner and we would be in our PJs or, you know, whatever. And it was a super chill way for us to become friends. You can ask them to go to TJ Maxx or Target with you. Lord knows that's the foundation of a solid relationship, especially trigger warning for poop if you aren't fans for poop humor. TJ Maxx and Targets are the best laxatives hands down in the whole world. I don't know what they put in the air when you walk in there, but you walk into to either one of those and you've immediately got to shit. And as the poop friend and pretty much any friend group that I'm in, Lord knows that's the sol- foundation of a solid friendship. But finding an errand friend, somebody that you can just be like, hey, you want to go to Walmart? Hey, you want to go to TJ? Or hey, you want to go to Hobby Lobby? That means everything. You're just walking through the store that, you know, you're out and about. Talking about what you're seeing, if you're, if you're somebody like me who's lived a lot of places or moved away from like your closest group of friends, like have long distance friendships. I feel like a lot of us have, like my long distance friendships have gotten stronger because of the pandemic, because everybody was isolated and long distance anyways. We had to intentionally prioritize that socialization and coming together. And I also didn't feel left out that everybody was together and I wasn't. There was no FOMO of being like, oh, I missed being there. But here's the deal. Good friendships. Don't mean that you have to be in communication every single fucking day. A great friendship is one that you can call them at 3am and they would answer the fucking phone or (laughs) they would if they were awake because some people like me put their phone on do not disturb when they sleep, but you can call them when you need it. And you know, somebody that, you know, they would be there for you, even if they can't physically be there in the same geographical space, you can text them out of the blue. Hi, how are you? No, Sorry, I fell off the face of the earth. You know, there's like, it's like, there's no time lost. You know, some of them, you don't even need a hi, how are you? You're just like sending them a random fucking statement and it just picks up. And technology has been so amazing and come so far since our 20s that maintaining a long distance friendship is actually awesome. And one of those things I love about it so much is it's like long distance dating. You have to be really intentional with your communication and really intentional about managing it. You have to be really intentional about keeping them close, whether it's like a monthly FaceTime or an every other month, whatever. Or it's these random texts or memes, like things like that is actually really helpful for you. And it's it's helpful for that loneliness. I know one of my friends has been trying (laughs) – she's been trying to get me a Switch or get me to buy a Switch for like three years. And I finally played one. I played Mario Kart. You know, I didn't know that you could hook it up to the TV. I'm not a huge fan of those – handheld games small screens but I didn't know that so when we went to the retro arcade this guy I'm dating took me to this retro arcade in Asheville and it was awesome we played Mario Kart he was such a gracious loser but it made me remember how much fucking fun it was and especially since you know right now I'm packing all my stuff up putting it into storage I'm gonna be bouncing around for a little bit and enjoy being rent free for a couple months I was like you know a Switch is probably a good idea. I can take that with me, whatever. But I didn't know that one of the reasons she was trying to get me to get one was because we could play from afar. So this past Friday night, she and I got on FaceTime. So we set our phones up somewhere where it was like, we didn't even have to necessarily look at each other, but we were playing Mario Kart against each other and Monopoly and Uno without even being in the same room. But it it felt like being in the same room And it was such a nice experience because we both had a hard time with our schedules, like lining them up for a visit, either me to her, her to me. And it was just lovely to be able to have that sense of normalcy. And it was fun. Like, think about things like that that are, think about low key, low energy ways you can maintain your long distance friendships. Um, And if you're looking for a community or to try to make friends as an adult and you don't know where to start, join my Facebook group, y'all. It's one of the reasons I started this podcast as somebody who has been perpetually single her whole adult life, who has lived alone most of her adult life, and most of her friends don't live near her. I wanted One of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was to help create a community to help you feel loved, to create moments to help connect people, whether IRL or virtually. So join the Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Okay, you can search Ditch the ick on Facebook and you'll find the Facebook group. It's gonna be a really fun place. And I wanna make sure I want it to be a safe place where you guys can share questions, concerns, maybe connect with people in your geographical area. I'll post things about upcoming episodes. Maybe, maybe I'll do a couple lives in there. I don't know. But also it's gonna be a really cool place where you can ask questions for our upcoming guests. So if you have questions, that's a cool place to post them, to ask for them, to look for them. Um, So join our Facebook group community. It's going to be, it's just going to be awesome. And then on that note, um, you guys really loved the episode I did with Denise Holler, sex coach, clinical sexologist. So I am inviting her back on the pod. We're working on the dates now, but before we do, I would love for this session with her to be a question and answer. I would love for her to A your cues, to answer your questions. So There's a Google form linked in the show notes, and it's on my website, ditchtheick.com. It's in the Facebook group, so you can submit questions anonymously, not have to worry about being embarrassed about what questions you have about sex. And, you know, Lord knows I've got plenty. And if you're in the Patreon, you'll, you'll hear a lot. You'll have heard already some of my embarrassing stories in the bonus content. You know, we're just trying to be real. I am also excited to announce that you can now get some Ditch the Ick merch. merch? Wow. If you go to Etsy.com slash Ditch the Ick, again, that link will be in the show notes. Um, You know, you can get everything from t-shirts, coffee mugs, notebooks, and feral gold fall stuff because y'all love that. In my feral era, we've got some Taylor Swift era, same shit. We're going like there's in my yoga era t-shirt, which is the one I got complimented on at Taylor Swift yoga. And the one I yelled about At the person about unintentionally. (laughs) You know, it's really cool. So, they're like fun things that you pick out of the podcast that you think should be on a t shirt or whatever. Like, if you think of anything, holla at me. You can always reach me. But yeah, make it a point to reach out to one person this month. Let's say this month you reach out to one person to start one new friendship and put yourself out there relationally in a platonic way. Instead of putting yourself out there on these terrible Tinder dates, put yourself out there for friendship. Okay. Love you guys. Hope you had a great Valentine's day and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on ditch the Ick. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at ditch the Ick pod. You can shoot us DMS, listener stories and our highlights. You'll see some listener story prompts. You can share them with us anonymously or with your name. It's up to you, but we always love to connect and get to know you on social. And if you haven't already, head to patreon.com slash ditch the you'll see a couple of different levels where you can subscribe and get access to exclusive content, get early access to the videos. In some cases, you get first dibs on listener stories. So make sure you head over there and subscribe. It really helps keep this going. If you're looking to join the community, meet some other single people, maybe you meet some new friends, share your thoughts, comments, responses to the episode. You can head over to Facebook. We've got a free private group called Ditch the Ick. And it's going to be a really safe space for us to share our stories, connect, and make friends.